we're back on the lift. Lance here. This is On The Lift Podcast, the podcast that's about all things skiing and snowboarding. Doesn't matter your level. Doesn't matter if you're awesome. Doesn't matter if you're a beginner. Doesn't matter if you're just doing this as a family for a few times this season or if you're up every other day trying to break 50 days, 100 days, or whatever it is. This is the All Things Skiing and Snowboarding Podcast. We have got a great show for you today. The topic that we're going to embark on at the start of the show is a revisited conversation with Jeremy. Jeremy was on the show earlier in the season, actually right after it began, and he is deep into 20 days, and he's going to talk all about raising a son who's 14 and seems to be developing a genuine passion for the sport and the, the kind of growth that he's had in his skills this, this season so far. We're also going to hear about some conditioning that maybe you've never even thought it through before, and that's Pilates, Pilates for skiing and snowboarding. Mike did a great interview in that regard, and we will have that right after our interview with Jeremy. And speaking of Jeremy, he also had a recent trip to Utah, and he did truly a sampler plate. He's no stranger to Utah, but he did a bunch of different areas, and he has a few strong feelings on some of the best features that the Salt Lake City area has to offer. So get ready to rock because we are going to have a great show. And also, wait, before I get started in it, um, you can find us at ontheliftpodcast.com. Our call-in number is 253-260-4577. We would love to hear about your favorite ski area you visited this year or perhaps your favorite run at any particular ski area that you've been at this year. So give us a call and leave us a message and we'll try and get you on the air. Uh, where else? You can find us on Instagram. We are on the Lift Podcast on Instagram. And we've made a whole bunch of new friends uh, using our Insta account. So uh, send us a message there and uh, we can't wait to talk to you. So here we go. Thank you for listening to On the Lift Podcast, a runaway dumpster production. Live from Greenwater Studios, this is On The Lift Podcast, your weekly show that is ultimately about skiing. This is the show that ducks the rope, earns some turns, dances in ski boots, poaches hot tubs, closes the bar, and still makes it on the first chair. Here's your hosts, two dudes who rip the pow, shred the gnar, and tell the tales, Lance Hester and Michael Gore. Jeremy, we've got you back today. How you doing? Hey, living the dream. How's it going? Do, doing good. We're just uh, kind of finishing up this uh, 2021 snowmageddon. Did you make it through the uh, lowland snow okay? We made it through. We um, uh, did everything but uh, break out the skis and, and shred down the shred down the old East Bay Drive. But we, uh, you know, we got some sledding in, got some snow football in. Um, yeah. You any know. injuries? Any injuries from the land of similar? Uh, no, just a uh, injured pride um, <laughs> and playing football in the snow. But that's that's a uh, but that that that's uh, uh, yeah. Like I'll remedy that. That's no big deal. So I love, I love snow football as long as I'm not on the field. I'd rather that's cheer good. for that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yep. Um, reminds me of a turkey bowl one year where I'm not going to name him. Uh, but a Pac-10 football player who was headed to the Rose Bowl only a few weeks thereafter went ahead and played in the family turkey bowl in the snow. Can you believe it? 
you know yeah <laughs> where there's a game right <laughs> yeah yeah i mean once a once a gym rat or a field rat always a gym yeah, rat or a field yeah, rat right exactly so, fortunately yep. no injuries so yeah, yeah all right yep. so hey i we just covered a great um episode that's getting it's got a lot of popularity on family ski preparation usually yes. you know, it was kind of geared toward the younger kids you know the eight yeah. nine seven eight nine year olds whatever yeah and I, you know, you're one of my favorite people to run into on the mountain. And it's not just because of you, it's because you're just awesome son, Jaron. Yeah. So, so tell us, I want to, I'd, I'd love you to describe Jaron's 2020, 2021 ski journey to our listeners, because he is really getting good. Yeah. Um, it's been actually hilarious and fun and, um, and I think side note, just as a dad, you always want um, to look for at least an, an intersection with your kid's life, um, something that you enjoy doing. And if you can couple that with something that your kid enjoys doing and you can do it together, um, then it's like bonus, bonus, right? Um, that sounds like a recipe for bonding. Yeah, totally. Right. So uh, I don't know how many times we'd hear this, but fortunately due to COVID, um, right. Not a, not a phrase that we hear very often. Yeah. Um, but this year in his school district, they really don't have school on Wednesdays. It's more just kind of a check-in, um, a uh -huh. couple of questions to answer. And he can do that remotely or when we get back from the ski hill. Yeah. So we have taken that opportunity, um, with, with blessing from my, uh, from my work. Uh, I basically just have taken every single Wednesday off and we, uh, pack up the car. We've got a little drill down. We've got our ski systems, which everybody loves a good ski system, but he's got a Rubbermaid bucket and I've got a Rubbermaid bucket and he's got a checklist on that bucket. So it's like every time we go, he looks at the checklist just to make sure that everything's in the bucket. Um, we throw that thing in the car at six o'clock in the morning and we are out the door by typically six, six fifteen, somewhere nice. around in that area. And it's uh, a Wednesday, you know, so you're getting the, the midweek benefit. That's right. Yep. And we how, head how old straight is Jaren now? I re remind me how old Jaron is. I forget. Yeah. Yeah. So he's he's 14, turned 14 in October. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so it's just been it's been an amazing uh experience. Anybody that has kids that skis know that stacking days um makes just a massive difference in your kids' life. Absolutely. Um, in terms of just getting them confident on skis, uh, whether they're whether they're beginning or whether they're trying to figure out how to parallel. Um, or, or just, you know, figuring it out. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that, uh, the coolest parent moment for me was uh, a week and a half, two weeks ago, uh, we were at crystal mountain, uh, we were skiing and I turned and looked and it was a, it was a, it was a deep day. Um, and well deep for Pacific Northwest standards anyway. So it was eight to 12 in places. Um, and it was cold and it was, it was good snow. And, um, uh, we were standing at the base of, um, of Rex. We had just kind of skied into line and my neighbor who lives directly across the street from us has two boys as well. And he's got a, a let's see, a 15 year old and a 13 year old. So they're literally on the, the, the opposite sides of Jaron age wise. Right. And he goes, Jeremy. And I look up and it's Aaron. He goes, we'll wait for you at the top. So we get on the lift, we take off. Well, we're skiing and, uh, and Jaron looks over at me and he goes, Hey dad, can we just meet you guys at one o'clock? And I was like this epiphanal moment, like I'm going to leave my kid <laughs> on, on the mountain by himself with his two buddies to ski literally wherever they want to, while we go ski literally wherever we want to. Right. Um, and I had zero trepidation about it because by this time in his, in his ski, um, in, you know, in his, in his progression, um, he's getting good enough to ski chair six, which is some pretty steep stuff. He's getting yeah, good enough is. to ski 
um, you know, Sunnyside, which is right underneath kind of uh, Rainier Express uh, there, Memorial, some of those runs that are just really, really fun and kind of iconic uh, Crystal Mountain runs, like he's getting good enough to ski him. So it's like, dude, you, yeah, absolutely. And this was the best um, for those of us that ski Crystal and have known the Snorting Elk for years. Um, he says, hey, dad, how about I meet you at one o'clock at the Elk? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Like <laughs> my kid wants to meet me at the snorting elk at one o'clock. I'm like, dude, you're so with this massive smile on my face, this and this swollen heart, right? <laughs> like, dude, this is awesome. Yes, I will meet you at one o'clock. Well, and as it turned out, we actually we actually meet up ended up meeting him a little bit earlier and, and a few runs with him. It was, it was a blast. So yeah, super fun. <laughs> well, okay. So, so there's a it's couple, just been there's, fun to watch his progression too. Um, well, that, that part has to just be the most satisfying because like you think about you, you guys started skiing in November this year and he's doing his own yeah. checklist. He's filling up his own, his own tin, uh, tub or bin or whatever you want to call it. And, yep, yep. um, and he's like serious enough about this where he's saying dad's he at one at the elk. Um, so how many days yeah, does he have it? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I probably have to, I have to check his account, but he's, he's closely embarking on 20. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow, that's yeah. fantastic. Is, yeah. Yep. Yeah, totally. Anyone, any year. That's fantastic. Well, so yeah. how's he, how, how's his, how's he improved? What, what, what did his uh, skill set look like when he started this year and how's it now? Um, yeah, you know, I'd say, um, I would say at the beginning of this year, um, uh, well, first of all, he's got, he's, he's really well balanced, right? So he's, he, that kind of stuff, um, in terms of just center gravity, uh, weight distribution, all that stuff, he's always been pretty good and he's phenomenal on a trampoline. So it's like, you know, all we got to do now is to get you, uh, comfortable enough with these two sticks on your feet, um, and then figure out how your weight distribution needs to go so that you can get down a hill. So I'd say he started, um, at like, you know, if you could split up, like there's beginner, 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 intermediate, beginner, advanced, and then you move to an intermediate. I would say he was an intermediate beginner at the beginning of the year. And uh -huh. I'd say he's moved, I'd say he's moved at least to an intermediate advanced, um, this year. So going from taking a run, like, um, like Sunnyside and just methodically kind of working your way down, mm -hmm. finding out the mountain by going sideways, right. Figuring all that stuff out, a little bit of snowplow here and there to kind of figuring out, okay, great. Now I, I know how to do that. Now I can figure out how to more straight line that yeah. and link some turns together. Um, and maybe not, maybe not necessarily on something like Memorial or Sunnyside, uh, but definitely on lucky shot. Uh, and I'd say, I mean, you know how fast we ski, Right. Um, which isn't the fastest on the mountain, but it's certainly not the slowest. And so um, I'd say that now if we ski maybe lucky shot for the first couple runs or something like green Valley, um, I have to, I'd say I probably wait for half a second and he's on my heels. So mm -hmm. um, it's been, and, and at the beginning of the season, I'd wait probably, you know, depending if we drop into green Valley bowl or something like that, and it's a little bit deeper, he doesn't have very wide skis. So it might take him a little bit longer to get down. Uh, but yeah, at the beginning of the season, I'd probably wait for a minute, minute and a half, something like that. Uh, and now I'm like, I turn around and he's literally like, Hey dad, you ready? Let's go. I'm like, Oh, sweet. That's awesome. <laughs> so, um, his other big goal was, you know, he's 14 and he's a, and he's a boy. So he's just like, I want to jump off anything. Right. Oh gosh. And so uh, yeah. totally. <laughs> and so at the beginning of the year, it was like, um, I want to land a 180. And so he's landing 180s now, like easily. Um, and nice. now it's like I want to land a 360 before the end of the year's out. And he's um, he's got the you know the 720 or the 270 down like perfect. 
Um, so he's at three quarter rotation with like maybe his right ski around landed and then his left ski will catch and he'll just whap. And I've got plenty <laughs> of video, plenty of video with him just, you know, in a, in a powder ball at the bottom of the hill. So, <laughs> so, um, so yeah, but he's, it's, it's been fun to watch his progression and and it's, and he's a real, he's really good with goals. Um, oh, really? Yeah. And I think that's, that's part of the, that's part of the way that we've kind of um, curbed burnout as well. Like I want him to be as passionate about this as I am. Um, I don't want this to be something like a, a select sport or, or something like that, where you, you push it for your kids and then the kid grows up and they're like, I can't stand that. I can't stand that sport, whatever that sport is. Uh-huh. And so, um, uh, so for, for, for him setting goals is a big deal. Um, and that's just knowing the makeup of your kid. Right. So, yeah. okay, cool. Well, if you want to land a 360, well, today's really not the conditions to do it because it's just a groomer day. So it's just going to hurt when you land. Yeah. Um, but Hey, today there's, you know, five to eight inches. Let's go out and find a good little jump someplace. And, and, and you can just send it all day long and I'll ride with you. Like I'm not, I, I'll, I'll get my days in. Right. Um, and so I think that's the big, that's a big adjustment as a parent too, to know that like, I'm really kind of there to be with him and to build memories with him. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll be able to, you know, I'll catch a day with Lance and Mike some other time and that's fine. We've got, I think, well, at least I think we've got plenty of time, right? We really well, know. you know, we're not going <laughs> to, we're not going to grow up and move out of your house like he is in the near future. So, totally. <laughs> so right. Exactly. Exactly. Invested time. Yep, well, yep. That, that's an awesome, you know, and he's a very athletic fellow and he's got good balance and, and, you know, there's other stuff is, you know, his martial arts and, and, you know, the, the sports that he's participated in, I'm sure have all paid off in his skiing, you know, progression. Yeah, yeah. Um, yep. But you know, what is hard for people to, you know, the, the tough, the delicate balance here is how do you um, incubate this passion for a sport, something that you feel strongly about as a, not just as a, a dad, but as a skier, you know, it's like something right. that, you know, there's something about it that anyone can, can love. It's not just an athletic event. And it sounds like Jaron's coming about his personal passion for it quite honestly it doesn't sound like you're saying get your butt out of bed it's 5 45 you know we were leaving it's everyone's you know it sounds like it's something that he he's enjoying doing and it's being nurtured just just perfectly um yeah. so that he's able to say hey dad see ya at the elk at one and you're not that's it. exactly right yep i mean yep. that's like one of my favorite phrases i've heard on this show for two two reasons one it describes that moment when a parent lets loose of someone and you could be as many as 2,500 acres apart for the rest totally. of the day. That's right. And, yep. Yep. and um, you know, I wouldn't probably do that with my, if I had one, a 14 year old at the mall, you know, but at right. the mountain, right. there's something special about it. <laughs> totally. 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 <laughs> but then, yeah. But then like, I never said that phrase that Jaron said until I was like 22. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. The elk. <laughs> See the elk. Yeah, exactly. Like, exactly. That's where, you know, all the skiers go that are old enough to drink, you know, but yeah, that's, they got sandwiches yep. there. <laughs> they got, yep. they got, well, really they got sandwiches desserts. there. That's exactly right. And now that it's, you know, outdoor seating as well, like they've got great little tents and little, and little uh, warmers out. And, and um, so, yeah, it's been, that's been fun, but that was a, that was, that was definitely, and I've had some highlights this year, but that was definitely a highlight of the year. Dad, I'll see the elk at one. Yeah. 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 Done. (laughs) (laughs) Done. I love it. Well, um, so you, let's, let's shift gears a little bit. This is, this is the opposite of skiing with a kid. You, um, like many of us up here who have icon passes took a, you know, what probably is about an annual journey the last few years to Salt Lake Yes, and you stayed in Park City, right? 
Correct. Yep. All right. Yep. So tell us, here, here's where I'd like to go with this. Tell us, uh, tell us all a list of the places you went and give us um, kind of, you've been there a few times now. So give us a Utah tip or two for someone who's venturing down there for, you know, the first time on their icon pass, or if they're coming over from California, like our buddy, Sean, who we interviewed a couple, you know, a week or two ago and uh, people that are coming up from, from Texas or whatever, give, give us a, a Alta Stober. I don't care which area um, tip of, uh, of your trip. So yeah, list them and go yeah. for it. Yeah. So we, uh, we got there uh, and uh, landed on Tuesday evening. Um, Salt Lake city is so easy. Um, getting to park city is so easy. Getting to the canyons is so easy. Um, it's just, I can't, I can't sing that city's praises enough um, mm-hmm. in terms of uh, just road maintenance and, and, and just everything. Now uh, they do a magnificent job. Um, yeah. So we skied the first day at uh, front side of park city. Uh, skied the iconic run down into the city across the bridge put your skis up you go to the saloon for lunch have some whiskey you get back on the lift that's literally right smack dab in the middle of the town um you know you're walking downtown in your ski boots it's just and it's just such a storied place so park city itself is just absolutely um absolutely dream worthy um and beautiful little city first day it really is. It, it really is. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's awesome. It's magical actually. Uh, so ski that first day, pretty easy day groomers, um, uh, pretty, pretty, pretty low coverage for Salt Lake at this point or for, for park city at this point, actually for all of Utah. Uh, again, this is, um, this is about a week and a half, two weeks ago now. Um, and they've since gotten some, some pretty significant snow. Um, so then we woke up that we went to bed that night and, and got out the next day and, uh, one of the guys, I was, I was with three other guys and one of the guys said, well, Hey, I've got a, I've got a treat for us. And this would be my takeaway. Um, and I'll, well, let me do, let me do this first. So skied Alta snowbird the next day. Um, and then the final two days, the Friday and Saturday, we skied canyons, uh, at park city. So second, the, the other half of the, the other half of park city mountains. So, um, and that was a riot. So my big takeaway is this, and, and I'll tell this by way of just telling the story and how it unfolded. Uh, we're sitting, uh, dinner having, having some drinks and just chilling. And, and, uh, and one of the guys that's skiing with us says, Hey, um, uh, I have a buddy who's going to meet us at Alta tomorrow. And I'm like, okay, you know, you're skiing with three other guys. You're like, well, why would we, why would we include one more when most of the lifts accommodate only four? And he goes, well, actually that's a guy I met from Salt Lake city. He actually lives in Sandy, lives at crossroads. So down at the base of the canyons. Yeah. And he goes, uh, and he goes, and he's invited and he is, has offered to just tour us around Alta and Snowbird if we wanted, if, if the backside kind of mineral basin, if all that stuff opens up, he's offered to tour us tomorrow. And I'm like, wait a second. So, um, and I've been, I've been to, I've been to Utah a couple of times and, and he had to, and I said, wait, so what happened? And this is, this is quintessential, uh, Utah as well, I think. Um, so the backstory of this is that my buddy was in line two years ago with his kids at Alta Collins, right? So the main chairlift that takes you up next to kind of at the base next to Wildcat. Uh-huh. And, uh, and this gentleman is standing there. Alta has this phenomenal tradition that they've gone away with due to COVID. Uh, but this phenomenal tradition that you can put your skis down and then walk into the lodge and get something to eat or grab a coffee, go to the bathroom, do whatever you need to do, right? Come back, your skis uh-huh. are going to be exactly where they were has kind of a placeholder in line, right? Well, oh, this okay. year, uh, so two years ago, he put his skis down, kind of not knowing this, had his kids and the guy said, oh, you just leave your skis there. Well, this gentleman is in his fifties um, and he strikes up a conversation with my buddy, Steven. And basically 
uh, he's with his grandkids as well. And so Stephen says, well, do you mind if we ski with you? They end up skiing the whole day together. And at the end of the day, they become, in essence, modern day pen pals. Um, <laughs> and so they have kept in contact with each other for the last year, two years. Like, hey, how's it going? Uh, so grateful for, for time on the mountain with you, like all that kind of stuff. And literally, um, Stephen now has been invited to multiple ski trips with this guy, our guide named Mark and his buddy, Willie. Right. And so, um, so I said, well, so the guy knows the mountain and Stephen goes, he's been skiing here for 30 years. And I'm like, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? So if you were to go out and just buy a guide at Alta for a day, and I haven't looked into this, you can, you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I think it's close to a grand a day oh, wow. to buy, to buy somebody that will literally tour you around the mountain. Now the mountain's big enough and it's steep enough that it, it, I, at some time it might warrant that. But my takeaway is this, like if you get there and you just kind of see somebody and you're like, Hey, you know, it, depending on your abilities and all that kind of stuff, cause there are some gnarly, there's some gnarly lines at Alta. Um, uh, you can find somebody probably in line that would be just happy to show you their backyard. Literally, this guy lives 25 minutes from the mountain and he's there 30 to 40 times a year. Um, it was unbelievable. So he toured us from rope to rope. We started in the morning, went directly over to Supreme. Uh, they dropped. Uh, and, and so we skied literally all of Alta uh, in the morning. Uh, they dropped the rope at Mineral Basin. That's in the Snowbird. So we yeah. went through the gate at Snowbird and then skied Snowbird all afternoon. So they must have I've, had snow, what, the day before for that? so yeah exactly drop at that time because that's yeah so they had they had eight to ten inches the night before and then it and then it snowed another eight to ten while we were there so conditions were um conditions were were interesting so high traverse was pretty was still pretty exposed um both sides and um i i I did some pretty pretty significant damage to the bases of my skis but it was a blast of a day um one of the guys had never skied utah powder before and was literally grinning like he was a 13 year old on his on a, on a mountain bike for the first time not? like he was <laughs> he was just ear to ear and it was not and that's you know eight to ten inches with another eight to ten throughout the course of the day that's not a deep day for, for utah by stretch of the imagination right um but for him it was like holy cow like see that little bump right there that in the pacific northwest you you'd kind of stay away from it because you don't know what's underneath it and utah you just kind of blow right through it because it's just a big puff of puff of snow right it's just so totally different so well, you know you got to experience it though because sometimes when they get their huge dumps none of the bowls are open for two or three days i mean understandably they don't want people right. to die so you right. know I, w- I was there last year there was 26 inch dump and i i mean believe me it was one of my favorite days skiing ever but we didn't get to touch any of the bulls because right. they, were, they were two days out from controlling yep. them yep yeah and that's actually actually the, so it snowed pretty much the whole time that we were there um and then the last couple of days at, um, so do I, did I finish that statement? So we skied rope to rope, literally one, once one out of bounds side at Alta all the way to the other out of bounds rope at Snowbird. Um, and it was, it was one of the most, I don't know. Uh, I think I've used this word. It was most, it was one of the most legendary days I've ever skied my whole entire life. Oh, it, it was just be. so much fun. Oh, um, That's just we were, I think we were second chair. Uh, that morning at Alta and we were, and, and then at Collins and then we were last year at Collins. So literally the last year that went up and we skied the whole entire day. I don't, it was, it's been college since I skied a whole entire day. Yeah, um, I, that's a, that's, I don't know that I can ski an entire day. <laughs> <laughs> well, but I think that's what, that's the beauty of the conditions in, in, in Utah, right? Yeah. Um, it doesn't really feel like you're, uh, 
yeah, there's just way less resistance in terms of, you know, friction on your skis and all that kind of stuff. So, um, we were tired, but happy to do it. I mean, we were yeah. grinning all day long. So yeah, it was, it was amazing. So, wow. So well, that back sounds to your, like quite a trip. I mean, that was only yeah. about three nights, four days, uh, four, four nights. Yeah. Four nights. Okay. So they're on a Tuesday night, um, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday night. So five nights actually, uh, flew out Sunday. So it was, it was actually a long, it was a long trip. Um, uh-huh. probably one of the, the more, it was you know, one of the longer trips I've ever taken. Typically when you and I, and the guys would go to someplace like you know sun valley it's it's a longer weekend maybe we leave on a thursday yeah uh, early in the morning yep yep but this one was a it was a longer trip and actually two guys that we met were sunday to sunday so they stayed they, they were there for a Good whole entire week so wow. yeah yep well we've been doing yep. our postcards from dan and we're going to hear from him you know when, i don't know when it'll be on the air but we're um you know hoping to interview him tonight and catch up with him and his awesome journey down there so it's, it's cool to see you know, the icon pass and people making their, their treks down to Salt Lake basin and, uh, experience all it's got. It's, it's pretty yep. amazing. Those, those like three canyons right there. There's little cottonwood, big cottonwood, and then park city. Park city, and yeah. then, yep. you know, People forget. And I know Dan's planning on going to powder mountain, but it's only yep. an hour North to get up to the Ogden areas, you know, that's right. Yep. Um, yep. It's just, it's literally all right there. So within an hour you can ski. Uh, well, I don't know how many, uh, so Brighton, Solitude, yeah, four, five, six, Park City, um, yeah, and both sides of Park City. I, we, I, I didn't even talk about skiing canyons. That was an absolute riot. Well, you um, know, I, I'm the only one yeah. I know who's been to canyons. <laughs> it's got this yeah. mar- marketing presence of kind of this family place and yeah. a, lot of, yeah. a, lot of, a lot of on-the-mountain accommodations and a lot of, you know, groomer, cruiser, those sort of three peaks. It's really unique. You know, you like ride one chair up and then it funnels you out into like, hold another kind of two three sort of seemingly different areas right but i i uh is there with uh buddy i don't know a long time ago about actually it was only like three or four years after they opened the place and part of the d- resort over on the i don't know like to me it seemed like it was over on the right and i'm not even trying to describe it but they had acquired kind of a small resort that they incorporated into the whole resort and it had some fun you know fast charging groomers that I remember yeah. we, you know, were able to to really enjoy over there and kind of tour the whole yeah. mountain. But what do you think of canyons? Yeah. Well, that was our so that was our first day there. That's kind of what we did. Um, uh, okay. Found it was Tombstone and Saddleback were the two chairs that we rode most. Okay. Um, and you had those kind of gladed out aspens in some of those areas, uh-huh. and it's certainly something that we do not have uh, right. in the Pacific Northwest, right? Right. right. Um, is these big spaces with aspens that are, that are appropriately enough space that you can actually ski in between them. And we had an absolute riot of a time. Um, the, the, the two of the guys that we were with kind of chose to, I, they went fly fishing, did a couple of other things. So, um, my buddy, Steven, who introduced Mark, uh, the, the guide at Alta to us, um, we got up early and just charged right up to, to canyons and had an absolute blast. Okay. The next day, um, we, again, just as the hint, we talked to a local, right? Um, I think Park City does an amazing job of posting people at all of the, all of the maps that will just answer your questions, right? They do. And so we were riding the lift with this, um, I, she was probably our, our age. Um, I don't know that I've ever ridden with, a, um, with somebody who ripped as hard as she did. She was absolutely unbelievable but she said i'm like well hey do you mind if we take a run with you if we can keep up and she's like no that's that's totally fine she said i, I want you to know that i'm going again this is our last day she said i'm going uh saddleback and tombstone for a couple runs and as soon as they open up 9990 
which is the lift that kind of takes you to the top of the canyons area. She said, we're going. And we're like, okay. So we went down to one of the barbecue places, grabbed a beer, put it in, put in our coat pockets, um, sweet talked the, uh, the server into not opening them for us, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, skied, skied down to 9990. Um, literally they dropped their, they dropped the gate, opened it up. So we were probably, I don't know, 30th and lift line, something like that. Um, mm-hmm. skied to the road up to the top, had our beer looking out over like all of park city kind of, I don't know if that's the highest point there. There's Juniper Ridge on the, on the park city side. Um, so I'm not quite sure elevation wise, we know that it's 9,990 feet above sea level. Right. right yeah, um, Cause that's what the, the lift is named. So that's, that's easy to figure out, yeah. but we didn't know anything else about it really. And so we skied those bowls for probably six to 10 runs, uh, six, seven, eight, eight runs. Um, and at that point, so this is Saturday after skiing for four days, um, we got done about one o'clock, went back down to kind of the, um, park city side, grabbed two beers and I was done for the, I, I was done. I was like, I can't, Stick a I, fork I, in like, you. I can't, <laughs> I can't ski anymore. I might, I just, my legs were just noodled, but we had an absolute screamer of a time. And to your point, um, those bulls that had snowed so much while we were there that they had to blast all those bulls. Um, so we spent, I think they spent probably a day or so digging out, uh, you know, making sure that there were no avalanche stuff, no avalanche stuff had happened. And, and I'm sure as you have, and all of our listeners have happened, there's been quite a few avalanches, uh, in yeah. the, in the Cottonwood Canyon areas. In fact, the weekend that we were there, four people were, uh, were killed in an avalanche out of eight. Oh, um, my gosh. So, well, you so, know, last, yeah. last year when Kristen and I were there, we got in line early to go, we were staying in Salt Lake and we got in line to go up little Cottonwood, got in line early, just sat there forever, but that was fine. We knew, you know, it was a big dump night. And so, um, they open it up. We, you know, go whatever the usual rate pace up little Cottonwood Canyon. And we're chatting away the whole time. And, um, we pull into the parking lot at Alta and nobody. I Crazy. So like, I kept thinking there's 26 inches of new. Why isn't anyone here? What's going on? What's the big deal? And so at lunch, we overheard someone talk about how the road back to town, you know, the little Cottonwood Canyon road was going to reopen at, I don't know, there's a certain time they announced four o'clock and, and that there had been this huge avalanche. And so, <laughs> and so like, we, we finally figured out that I was probably like Mr. Magoo <coughs> driving, right. driving up there and, and, and just got lucky that I wasn't the one car that got swept away because certainly right. there was no cars behind us in the parking lot unbelievable it must unbelievable. have been the guy right behind us but you had that you had the you had the mountain to yourself <laughs> we did Just and then the, due to the avalanche that came down right behind you right yeah <laughs> well you know speaking of you know you're talking about um here's the problem there's so many good places down there you have yeah. and we were talking about the canyons well if you're going down there for the first time or whatever i consider the canyons i consider park city i consider Deer Valley, all part of the Utah sampler plate. I think they're all totally worth doing. They're better than oh, for sure. most places in the world. But you've got Alton Snowbird down in Little Cottonwood Canyon. It's hard to not keep gravitating back there. And, and frankly, is, yep. Bright, Brighton and uh, Solitude are pretty darn awesome also. So, yeah. you yep. know, I don't know. My advice, I think, is probably similar to yours. Like, if you're, if you're determined to do the full sampler plate do the full sampler plate if you've only got yeah. a couple days little cottonwoods where you where you probably need to you know yeah that's where you focus your focus your energies yep for sure yep, yep. 
Well, Jeremy, yep. thank you, man. Appreciate all your time helping us out on here. And always uh, a pleasure. Yeah, let's let's uh, raise our tips so that we don't get stuck and fall off of a chairlift. I've heard of that happening before. <laughs> <laughs> Not me. Uh-uh. Oh yeah. I think there's video. There's video. There's out pictures there of that one. <laughs> all right, Dang let's it. raise that bar also so we don't get stuck going around the bowl wheel. <laughs> Amen. Amen. All right. Good talking to you guys. All Take right. care. Thank you. Yep. Visit us at ontheliftpodcast.com, where you can listen to back episodes of the podcast. You'll also find show notes, feedback box, and our call-in number. Okay, and we're on the lift. Uh, You're on the lift with Mike today, and special guest on the show, we have Jessica, who is a Pilates expert. So, Jessica, welcome to the show. Um, Tell us a little bit about yourself, where you are, and... uh, of how you came to Pilates. Um, so yeah, my name is Jessica. I'm a master trainer for Club Pilates, and I'm currently residing in the Reno Tahoe area. So awesome. I'm really skiing up on the North Star Mountain in this area. Um, and yeah, I started Pilates a little bit over 10 years ago, at least for um, becoming an instructor, and just found out how it helped me move and better through my daily living and how I've been sharing that with other people so they can move and do the things that they love in their life better, like skiing. Awesome. So uh, have you found that you're skiing, like you have more energy, you have less uh, injuries? I mean, is it, have you seen some benefits like that with it? Yeah, the endurance has definitely changed, you know, being able to be out on the mountain a little bit longer. Um, Also, you know, with skiing, you spend so much of your time flexed in a forward position with your body. Mm -hmm. You know, even as you do lengthen your body and try to extend, you're still technically more flexed at the joint. So it's nice that Pilates helps you to kind of create more balance in your body, um, which, you know, leads to lessening the risk for injuries. Awesome. Well, you know, I think what we wanted to do is kind of talk about some some exercises that folks can do to get ready for the ski season. Um, and, you know, hopefully we're in a virtual world now and hope, hopefully you have some exercises maybe that we can do while we're listening to conference calls, that, that types of thing. Um, before we get into that, though, I just wanted to share, let me share my screen for a second. I'll show you what my current um, fitness program is for skiing. And I know my co-host Lance has been sh- um, following this as well. Can you see my screen, Jessica? Let's see. Um, not yet. Okay. okay, there we are. Oh. Okay, so this was, you know, an article from Powder Magazine back in 2014, and uh, features, you know, Shane McConkey, rest in peace, um, absolute legend, and it was written by Scott Gaffney. What they talk about in this is the principle of it's an acronym called PAIN, principle of actuary, uh, principle of active injury nullification. Um. So they've got some demonstrations of various exercises. And I just wondered if I could get your kind of professional opinions. So can you see this one here that they have a diagram of? Yes. Yeah, I see that there. Um, so there's sort of like a, a like a bar stool. And then there's like a, what do you call that? Like a fitness ball. Uh, yeah, one of those large fitness balls. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you have one partner kind of hold the ball in place while you jump onto the ball. Now that's going to cause you to kind of, rebound in any number of directions where you may hit some obstacles they put in the ground like some barbells dumbbells do you think that would really um is this a good fitness program to be following am i on the right track with this um you know i feel like that i mean might be more beneficial for someone you know that already has like good stability and balance you know even being on the ball 
Um, yeah. I think even coming down to like a BOSU ball and jumping off of that might be a better place to start than one of the larger exercises balls. Okay. Um, you know, but you can still like with a BOSU ball, you'd at least, you still have that same feedback from the exercise ball, but you'd be lower to the ground. Yeah. Um, you know, at least as a place to begin um, that type of movement. Right. There's a, one yeah. more here I wanted to get your opinion on. I mean, this obviously is throwing <laughs> a, a dumbbell against the neck just to kind of... <laughs> race for impacts you know you never know where you're gonna hit a tree or something like that um oh yeah it's called the brainer uh there's the scorpion which is kind of self-explanatory but this one here um kind of sit in a, in a bench and then you have one foot up on a bench across from you your partner stands on the bench with a looks like a fairly heavy medicine ball and then throws it down on your knee um, mm -hmm. and the the theory behind this movement is sort of a rebound effect in which the ACL will kind of produce increasingly durable elastic tissue. Um, so again, this is kind of what I'm doing now. I, I'm not sure it's working out as well as it could. So why don't you talk to me maybe about some better exercises <laughs> that we can be doing? Yeah, and you know, and sometimes with like the, the general population too, they might not be even ready for some of those types of exercises just yet. Or, yeah. you know, we spend so much of our time sitting and then we go out and ski and we're technically still in that flexed position of our body, but our joint, you know, we're more active through our joint. So um, just like a couple of basic exercises, like okay. create balance in the body um, would be coming onto our hands and our knees in an all fours position, and then just okay. reaching your opposite arm, opposite leg out. Okay. Um, which is going to create some lumbopelvic stability. So learning how to stabilize through our pelvis, but you're also creating strength through the posterior chain, through the backside of, our, of your body by doing this exercise. And it also okay. works the core. Um, moving into some thoracic rotation, which you can start from that same all fours position. You take one arm, reach it underneath you, and then you rotate and open it up to the ceiling and then come back underneath you from that all fours position, okay. which, you know, with skiing, you know, we want to make sure we're also moving into our transverse plane of motion, which is kind of a rotational movement in, in the body to right. help prepare also for those unexpected movements, but also just to open up our thoracic spine after being flexed forward with our body. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then okay. articulating bridges is also a great exercise. So laying on flat on your back with your feet on the mat and then um, peeling your spine up and down along okay. with doing like the flat back variation. Okay. Um, and then from that bridge, you can even hold up, um, keeping your hips stable and lifted and then take one foot off the mat at a time. Okay. So going into that nice marching bridge, which again, is going to turn back into that lumbar pelvic stability, build our core strength and strengthen our back body. Okay. And when you're doing these exercises, I assume they're largely body weight resistance. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. And as you do them and you get stronger, um, do you need to add resistance or is it enough just using your body weight to, um, you know? to continue to build those muscles? Um, you know, it has a lot of benefits doing the body weight exercises, just, mm -hmm. you know, relying on your own body to do the move. Um, you could even enhance these moves by going on to the Pilates reformer, which is going to give you um, spring resistance. Okay. So it's not, you know, heavy loads of lifting weights, but it's also going to challenge the body, um, you know, with that resistance training. So you can, um, some of the moves we might start to layer in some different exercises outside of these, but you'd be able to get that additional resistance training from the reformer. Okay. And a reformer, that's the point when you really need to be getting into a studio. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, okay, for sure. And I'm sure just starting off with any of these, you want to make sure you're doing it correctly from the beginning. And, and so having in-person instruction can be, can be useful there. You have a lot of these um, exercises 
clips of, of how to do them. Um, where can people find those online? Um, so if they visit clubplotties.com, they can actually find my recent blog post that I did. So just go to the blog section okay. and then look for Pilates exercises for snowboarding and skiing. Um, there is a training video on there that they can watch and actually follow along to, to do some of these exercises plus some more. Okay, great. And how important is it to like warm up at the beginning of the day? Is this something that you should kind of be doing while you're, while you're waiting for your friends to, you know, put their boots on or like what, what's, what's some good things to kind of get ready for the, for the day? Yeah. Um, you know, starting with that all fours position, doing some cat cows, just warming up and mobilizing the spine. And then also holding into that all fours position and laterally flexing by looking over your left shoulder to your left hip and then looking over your right shoulder to your right hip. So you create that range of motion within the body okay. along with coming to standing and just standing like in a split stance. So you have your right foot out in front of your left um, and then just reaching um, up to the ceiling to help open up to open up the hips open, okay. you know, before you go into that flexed body position. Sounds good. I, I, I think I'm going to check out some of those exercises and then kind of get them dialed in. And then when I'm sitting on conference calls for work, you know, just work that in because, um, as, <laughs> as I get <laughs> closer to 50, I'm noticing that, um, you know, you add in the weight gain from the quarantine and everything else, your core, your body just doesn't quite do the things that used to. And I, and I'm not ready to give that up. So this is uh, great to learn some tools to strengthen that core. And, and you're right. So we're in an interesting position all day long. That's not super natural where we're leaning forward. And then I remember when my kids were little picking them up and, you know, kind of helping them ski that added in this dynamic of like lower back that stress uh -huh. that was like super painful. So they're way too big now to <laughs> pick up. I think I'd really hurt myself. Um, yeah. but for, for, I know we have a lot of listeners that ski with their families, you know, do yourself a favor, get, you know, strengthen those muscles, strengthen your core because skiing with kids is super demanding and, and skiing in general is demanding. Do you find that there's um, different exercises for skiing versus snowboarding or is it all kind of uh, the similar principles? Um, similar principles. Um, you know, there could be, you know, some differences um, for snowboarding just since you are more attached to that one board compared to okay. being on skis where you have that individual um, you know, so making sure that you can balance, you know, finding that balance with both feet, um, right. you know, in a more stable atmosphere. Um, but, you know, still similar exercises that they can do, um, you know, to help strengthen, um, you know, lengthen our hip flexors, strengthen our hamstrings, and also keep that core strong so that we're protecting our backs. Okay. Mm -hmm. And what's been the feedback from skiers and snowboarders that you've worked with on um, incorporating Pilates into their training regimen? Has it been um, you know, pretty dramatic uh, experience of, of improvement or talk to me about that. Yeah, they, um, usually they feel like they can have, you know, more endurance out on the mountain. We do focus mm -hmm. a lot on breath and Pilates. And so, you know, deepening that awareness into your breath can be a huge part of just feeling better out on the mountain, especially nowadays, if you are also, you know, covered with your face the entire time. Um, but also just, um, you know, being a little bit less prone to injury, feeling like they have better mobility and strength in their body. So they're feeling a little bit more adequately at, um, more prepared to even just get out on the mountain and move. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's great. I mean, I think this is something that we're all looking for with skiing, especially as we <laughs> age and, uh, um, how, like, are, are there, are these exercises things that you would recommend kind of just doing year round? I mean, that's kind of a silly question because of course you, you want to have your core 
in shape all year round. I think, I guess yeah. what I'm asking is maybe this is something that um, people should think about doing and, and maintaining that ski shape throughout the year. Um, yeah, I think we'd be a lot more prepared for the winter um, mm -hmm. ski season if we're actually, you know, exercising throughout the entire year and incorporating yeah. some movements to work on our mobility strength and balance. Um, that way, when it comes to ski season, you're not going out there fresh for their first time. You know, may, and a lot of people go out and they're not even exercising, doing yeah. anything other than, you know, sitting on Zoom calls all day right. and then heading out into the mountain and, you know, getting out there and, um, yeah, they're going to be more prepared if they incorporate a routine, even if you start, you know, a couple months before ski season, that's going to have benefits, but if they can get into that year long routine of just, um, incorporating these movements into their body, mm -hmm. they're going to feel a lot more successful. What kind of time commitment, if you're going to follow a Pilates, um, regimen or, or workout program, let's say you go somewhere like club Pilates, um, a couple times a week. And then second part of that question, um, where does like cardio and, 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 you know, just general running that kind of stuff fit in? Is it, is this in addition to a general fitness program or is it more all encompassing? Um, it can be all encompassing. We do mm -hmm. also offer classes that involve jumping, okay. um, which is really interesting because you're actually on the reformer laying down flat or on your side and there's a jump board attached to the end of the reformer. So you're pretty much supported with your spine and you're getting some cardio in that aspect. Okay. Um, it could still be beneficial to add in, you know, running or getting on an elliptical or bike as well, but mm -hmm. you can, you know, be supported laying down, working your core and still getting um, a cardio workout by using the jump board on the reformer. Okay. Um, and as, you know, in terms of like length, um, you know, most classes at Club Pilates are 50 minutes. Okay. You could incorporate some stuff at home, you know, 10 to 30 minutes on your own. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, getting that full 50 minute workout, you're going to get a nice full body um lengthening and strengthening workout and then if you're doing that at least two to three times a week that's where you're going to see the most benefit okay okay i know my my mom is uh in her late 70s and has been doing pilates for 10 years and that's when covid kind of hit and the gym shut down that was the biggest thing she really missed and uh, mm -hmm. she's, she's back at it now so um it, it really speaks to how like it becomes part of your life and really beneficial part um what do you guys have these facilities in pretty much every major city or, or, you know, for our listeners that, you know, live near ski towns, where, where can they find the gym? Um, yeah, there's definitely almost any major city. Like I know close to where I am, there's, you know, a location here in Reno, but um, there's also, you know, lots of different locations around um, other major ski resorts throughout the country as well. Okay. And they can also just go to clubplays.com. Um, look at the locations tab and also just type in their location to find what's closest to them. Okay, perfect. Well, thanks, Jessica. I really appreciate the uh, the kind of overview of, of an approach to, to fitness using Pilates for skiing. It seems to be a really natural fit. And, mm -hmm. you know, I'm the kind of guy I go to the gym and just jump on the treadmill or jump on the elliptical. And I don't really focus on the core as much. And I know, I know that's something I need to do, right? It's just yeah. getting over <laughs> the... Um, <laughs> the, the initial pain of it, but uh, yes. it, it definitely <laughs> seems to help. Um, okay, cool. We have kind of a fun segment on the show called Huck It or Chuck It, where I ask you a question and then you tell me it's either good, meaning huck it, which I don't know. I mean, some people remember the term huck. It's kind of been replaced by the term send now. Uh -huh. yeah. So, um, and then chuck it, of course, means, you know, you get rid of it. So uh, let me let me think of a good one for you. Huck it or chuck it. Um, skiing in jeans. 
Ooh, um, I would say check it. <laughs> that doesn't seem comfortable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 You want to be able to move, you know, and have some good mobility in your body. I'm with you on that. I think it was, it was at one time very popular, maybe spring. I, okay. I will put one caveat in spring skiing and like denim mm-hmm. cutoffs. Yeah. I think it's okay. <laughs> so. Yeah, I guess we can keep that one. Yeah, okay. <laughs> nice. All right. So uh, chuck it with the caveat of uh, spring skiing and cutoff. So great. Well, hey, is there anything else uh, you'd like to promote or, or mention before uh, we wrap up here? Um, yeah, I would say just go check out that blog post. Um, if you're okay. kind of interested in Pilates, um, check out that blog post on clubpilates.com. Um, you can find my video where I run through um, some exercises with um, Ryan Christofferson from the national or the PSIA national team. Okay. Um, and he's discovered how Pilates can help him move a lot better through his season, ski season as well. Okay, great. Well, yeah. really appreciate your time. And uh, like I said, if our listeners have any questions, you can find Jessica um, online on her Instagram and uh, check out those videos. It really helps with uh, showing how to put this in practice in the real world and help your skiing. So yeah, thanks again for your time. All right. Thank you. It's time to offload the final chair and end this episode of on the lift podcast bar up tips up, sweep that hill and see you next week.